Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is May 5th, 2022, and no dominate today's headlines. Elon Musk secures an additional $7 billion in financing for Twitter, blasting media matters and the people behind them. Next, Secretary Mayorkas is testifying amid criticism of the new disinformation bureau here in these United States. Third, Pope Francis coming out saying that NATO played a role in starting the war in Ukraine by barking at Putin's door. And finally, buy now, pay later, is sending Generation TikTok spiraling into debt. The World Economic Forum thanks you. Very good, says Klaus Schwab. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Twitter has become kind of the de facto town square. Really important that people have the both the uh, the reality and the perception that they are able to speak freely within the bounds of the law. My strong intuitive sense is that uh, having a public platform that is maximally trusted and broadly inclusive is extremely important to the future of civilization. Well, Elon Musk is out. People are saying. What's going on with the deal? What's happening with Twitter? Let's do an update on that because this is the fight for freedom of speech. He has announced that he has secured $7 billion in financing. Now that goes to the total $44 billion of the sale price for Twitter. Going to be taking it private. Of these partners, you're looking at some of the biggest names in financing on Wall Street. The fact of the matter is, it looks like the street is getting behind this deal, which at first people are saying it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. It shouldn't happen. No, it's happening. They're looking at this thing. They're looking at the financing of it. And they say, you know what? We trust this guy. We're going to get behind him. So he has that ability. And he's always had that ability throughout his career, going all the way back to PayPal, going back to the start of Tesla, eventually with SpaceX. He knows how to work that chain, whether it be VCs in California or whether it be the street in New York. He's got the ability to do that. We see him, of course, work across the world. And I, by the way, People have said this about me. They said, they said, wait a minute, Poso, are you going to bring up the fact that he works in China? Whoa, whoa, whoa. We talk about it all the time. We talk about the fact that he's got a plant in Shanghai. We talk about the fact that he's got that showroom in Xinjiang, the same area where the Uyghurs are. And he works directly with the CCP. He's got a Weibo account up where he tweets pro-CCP statements frequently. So the question is, what are we to make of Mr. Musk? And what are we to make of his stance for free speech in the West. We also know, by the way, that he's providing the Starlink system to the Ukrainian government and the Ukrainian army, which we had indications was actually being used to conduct drone strikes on Russian forces. And so when you look at this thing, uh, Elon Musk really is almost something of a of a sovereign citizen himself. No, 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 not like the actual sovereign citizen movement. But what I mean to say is he's got the ability to make moves on the world stage the same way that potentially a small government might be able to. He's got that level of influence. And you've seen some other people with that level of influence in the world. Donald Trump uh, is certainly one of those. If he wants to use it, he has the ability to have that influence around the world. Um, People like Julian Assange, right? Julian Assange has that level of influence. And you've seen, of course, the attacks on him because of that. Edward Snowden, I put in that group as well. But because Elon Musk is making this move, he's ruffling some feathers. But what's amazing, what's absolutely amazing is he's going after these people. So Media Matters attacking Elon Musk. Media Matters 
David Brock, Clinton World, those people are leading a massive group. And they put out this letter, I guess. It's some huge letter. And let's let's read some of the names. Access Now, Accountable Tech, Black Lives Matter, the Center for Countering Digital Hate, Face the Music, Friends of the Earth, GLAAD, uh, Kairos, Beauty Matters for America, NARAL Pro-Choice, The Sparrow Project, Stop Online Violence Against Women. The Women's March. The Women's March is attacking him. What did Elon Musk do? He tweeted out, who funds these organizations that want to control your access to information? Let's investigate. His very next tweet was a tweet directed at George Soros. And he said, George, slide into my DMs. You got Elon Musk now directly calling out George Soros and others that fund these organizations and specifically for the censoring and silencing of speech. Elon Musk going up against George Soros. That's just the headline, folks. We're just reading it here. We're sitting back watching, saying, what will happen when these two titans of industry go at one another? Will they be able to come with some sort of deal? Basically, he's saying, George, what are you doing? I just want freedom of speech. It seems like you're trying to shut that down. Do you have a separate agenda, George? You have a problem with what I'm doing? Let's chat. Let's hop on the phone. Slide into my DMs. This is amazing, right? Literally, the guy buys Twitter so he can call out his old buddy, George, and say, what are you doing? This isn't about that anymore. This isn't the 1990s. It's not the 1970s. We're going to have freedom of speech on the Internet, and we're going to make sure that no one is able to shut it down. New reports are out that America is seeing the largest increase in traffic deaths since the 1940s. As the strain of this economy and stress of everyday life are bearing down, we are seeing more violence in the streets, more road rage, and more car accidents. In an emergency, time is critical. An arterial bleed can kill someone in just 90 seconds, and research has found that the average EMS response time was 37 minutes. That's why, at this time, I am recommending that everyone have a personal first aid kit in their car, trunk, or home from my friends and my medic. My medic's goal is to empower you with the skills, knowledge, and first aid supplies to save a life. Their MyFactThrow Pro product is not your typical box of bandages. It comes with over 100 quality first aid and trauma supplies, including a tourniquet, chest seals, quick clot, and more. With this kit, you will be prepared to treat everything from basic cuts, car accidents, up to a gunshot wound. Go to MyMedic.com slash POSO. That's MyMedic.com slash POSO and get 25% off with promo code POSO. With the world constantly on edge, this is one of the smartest investments that you can make for your family and they have training courses available. That's MyMedic.com slash POSO. MyMedic.com slash POSO. Promo code POSO. If your intent was to combat misinformation online or in the government, why on God's green earth would you nominate someone who is a human geyser of misinformation? Um, Senator, um, I, I am ultimately responsible for the hiring of Ms. Jankowitz uh, to be the executive director of the Disinformation Governance Board. In my capacity as the secretary, why did you I, choose I, her? Bear, I bear responsibility uh, for that. Um, I understand that she is uh, an expert in disinformation. Yes, indeed, spreading it. When, when the department picked her, was the department aware of her TikTok videos? 
Uh, Senator, um, uh, I was... They're really quite precocious. Um, uh, Senator, um, I was not uh, aware uh, of those videos. So we're back on the disturbing and terrible saga of Nina Yankovich and poor Secretary Mayorkas. That's, I know, not poor Secretary Mayorkas. I don't want to pour out too much sympathy for this guy. But you look at this video... And Senator Kennedy is just inviscerating him. And he does. I love how he has that Southern gentlemanly charm, that Southern charm, right? Where he just is, is so sweet as he walks right up to you and rhetorically, you know, just tears you apart. And that's what he's doing. Because were you aware of this? Were you aware of that? Later on, he actually says, I think what you should do is you should go back to your office. You're a nice guy. But I want you to go back to your office, find the person who recommended Nini Yankovic for this position, and fire him because that wasn't good advice. I mean, it's amazing, right? Because as he's asking basic questions, so you've got someone that you're, you're setting up this disinformation bureau suddenly with, you know, no law or, you know, any type of legal backing behind it whatsoever. But instead, you're just going to do it, you know, because why not, right? Ron Paul, of course, was completely right about what they would do eventually with the Department of Homeland Security. But, but, he says, did you pick someone to run this thing who's, you know, I don't know, kind of seen as impartial, someone that people have a lot of respect for, someone that people really on both sides of the aisle say, you know what, that's the kind of person that we want in there to call balls and strikes, someone who's completely seen as above board, credible and trustworthy. Is that who you picked or did you pick a crazy Harry Potter girl from TikTok? Well, unfortunately, it was somebody from TikTok. And he says, did you watch the videos? No, I didn't watch the videos. Did you look at her history of spreading disinformation, whether it be on the Hunter Biden laptop or it be these connections between Trump and Russia and the Steele dossier, which were always completely false? Oh, no, we didn't look at that at all. Not to mention, why are we even having something called a disinformation bureau here in the United States? Doesn't make any sense. Never made any sense to begin with. But what's really amazing, and I want to go back to this theory, because I've got this theory of the case on Nina Yankovich, that every time that I watch either Jen Psaki be questioned about her or Secretary Mayorkas, I think I think I get a little bit closer to confirming what I initially thought about this. Nobody's really sure who hired her. None of these principals were actually briefed on this thing. Remember, they originally said that they wanted the disinformation bureau, or whatever they're calling it, the mystery of, of whatever, that they wanted at the NSC, which would attach it to the White House. But even the NSC and the White House were like, we don't have anything to do with this. We're going to push that aside. But they couldn't get rid of it completely, so they ended up sticking it at DHS. And they put it on Mayorkas' plate, and Mayorkas didn't want it. And even Vice President Kamala Harris said, this thing is a joke. It's going to blow up in your face. Nobody's going to want this. But people like Jen Psaki and people in Team Biden were pushing for this up and down because they said, well, it's just about COVID and it's, it's about this. So originally it was going to be about COVID and really anything uh, that was going on with the White House. Right. And I think the dirty little secret in all of this is that the fact checkers obviously are in communication with the White House and they always have been. Right. And so whenever there's a problem, whenever somebody accidentally reports something true, particularly with COVID, uh, they would call up the White House. The White House would call up these fact checkers. This is what we're pretty sure is going on. And then they would say, hey, you got to fact check this stuff. You got to take it down from Instagram. You got to take it down from Facebook. You got to get away from all these places. So that's how government censorship works here in these United States currently in modern day America.
But what they're doing, what they're doing now is they've stuck it over at DHS. And so they've got to make some, you know, papered over argument. Well, it's not, not going to be about that because it's uh, illegal immigrants and uh, sure, whatever, right? It's a law enforcement entity. And it's a kind of, kind of a redheaded stepchild because nobody wants to own this thing. Nobody wants to take credit for having to have to do this to set this thing up. And when it comes to Yankovic, when they look at her record, nobody is even willing to defend it. Yeah, Jen Psaki will make some comments about, oh, well, she had this fellowship with uh, the Clintons in, in Ukraine. So that's, wait, wait, wait. It's like every time you learn something new, more new about Nina Yankovic, you want to ask more questions about it. Like, what do you mean she had a fellowship with the Clintons? And what do you mean that she was, it was the Clinton, uh, Clinton Fulbright Fellowship for Public Policy, to be fair. And she was advising the Ukrainian ministry. She's actually from the Ukrainian ministry, right? That's where she was working. And now she wants to do that here in the United States. Who is this person? Why do we have a thing like this? Why is 1984 coming true more and more every day? We are seeing record economic shortages, record inflation, gas, fuel, diesel prices skyrocketing through the roof. Do not wait until it is too late to stock up on emergency food, a reliable stockpile of emergency food for you, for your family. We have established a special partnership with My Patriot Supply and a website right now that you can go to preparewithposo.com. At that portal, you will find special offers from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply, of course, is America's largest preparedness company with over 50,000 four-star and five-star reviews from customers who love their food. Go to preparewithposo.com right now, and you'll save $150 on an amazing three-month emergency food kit. This kit provides breakfast, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks, totaling over 2,000 calories a day for optimum energy during stressful times. Make sure to get one kit for each person in your family throw one in the trunk of your car for your peace of mind go to preparewithposo.com you get 150 dollars off yeah that's right 150 bucks off the food that you're going to need we are seeing food riots around the world you need to grab this emergency food now before the chaos comes go to preparewithposo.com today take action preparewithposo.com And while we are witnessing a macabre regression of humanity, I ask you, together with so many anguished people, if we are really seeking peace, if there is the will to avoid a continuous military and verbal escalation, if we are doing everything possible to make the weapons stop. Please, let us not give in to the logic of violence, to the perverse spiral of arms. Let us take the path of dialogue and peace. Let us pray. Well, Pope Francis is making headlines for a recent comment that he made speaking to an Italian newspaper, Corriere della Sera, stating that NATO's barking at Russia's door may have led to Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine. And he said that he has offered to meet the Russian president in Moscow. In an interview with the Italian newspaper, Pope Francis reflected on Russia's aggression toward its neighbor and said, while he might not go so far as to say NATO's presence in nearby countries provoked Moscow, but it perhaps facilitated the invasion. He also condemned the brutality of the war and compared it to a civil war in Rwanda. 
What's interesting, if you go to the actual Italian paper, here's what they've printed. Pope Francis' concern is that the war for the moment will not stop. He also, I've got a translation of it, machine translation. He also thinks about the roots of this behavior and about the reasons that pushed Russia to such a war. He said, perhaps the barking of NATO at Russia's door prompted the head of the Kremlin to react badly and unleash the conflict, an anger that I don't know if it was provoked, but perhaps eased, yes. He then also said, when they asked him the question of supplying of Western weapons to the Ukrainian resistance, he said, I can't answer, I'm too far away, to the question of whether it is right to supply the Ukrainians. But he did also make a point where he was talking about uh, the Spanish Civil War, and he said there was a situation that uh, wars were being tested before the use of weapons. And this was the point, right, to test the weapons. And he said there was a situation recently, two or three years ago, at the port of Genoa, which is in Italy, so I can tell you an Italian paper, obviously it lives in Italy, in Rome, in Vatican City. He said, workers at the port of Genoa were transporting weapons from a large freighter to a transport that would eventually send them to Yemen. Right, in Yemen, the Saudis have been in war for, uh, for several years now. The port workers said they didn't want to transfer the weapons, and they said, let's think of the children of Yemen. It's a small thing, but a nice gesture. There should be so many like that. Now, look, I've been a critic of Pope Francis on a lot of things for a lot of his participation in the cover-ups of sex scandals, for some of the criminals that were posing, right, as devout priests. I've been critical of him for not calling out Biden, for his, uh, President Biden, for his, um, you know, claiming to be a devout Catholic while not supporting any of the positions of the church whatsoever, right? And I've also been critical of just many of his liberal stances in general. Why, you know, why is the Pope getting into these issues of global warming or, or prompting this stuff? The Pope should be standing for morality in the world and conducting the preachings of Jesus Christ, right? Spreading the teaching of Jesus Christ. You don't really hear him talk about that very much. But what's interesting to hear is that He's got the entire neoliberal Western establishment up in arms against him because he dared question. He dared question whether or not NATO and the expansion, the rapid expansion of NATO across the continent of Europe, right up to and now including uh, Russia's historic border, the buffer, right, with um with Western Europe being that state of Ukraine. The word Ukraine, of course, Ugranitsa, meaning at the border, right? That's literally what the word Ukraine means. So at the border. Russia has always viewed it as a borderland. Traditionally, it has been a borderland with Western Europe, uh, Belarus as well. And so the question, of course, is not necessarily one of should the war be happening? He condemns that. He says, we don't want this war. We are anti-war. And if you remember, Pope John Paul II also condemned the Iraq war and condemned the United States invasion there. But what he's saying here is perhaps we should look at both sides and perhaps we should understand what led this war to happening. Kind of amazing to hear something like that from a world leader of his stature. Could we at least look at both sides of the situation? Millennials and Gen Z shoppers want flexible, inclusive, and transparent ways to pay for goods and services. And increasingly, consumers, merchants, and banks love Buy Now Pay Later for consumers. It allows them to pay for purchases in installments without a credit check. 
for merchants and marketplaces, it promises increased conversion and card size. And for payment companies and banks, it's a new source of transaction flows and interest revenue. All of this combined makes BNPL hugely exciting and we're seeing a convergence of the debit and credit-like experiences for customers, poised for long-term growth. Buy now, pay later. You just heard that was JP Morgan. They're pushing this new thing. What is buy now, pay later? Well, it's another way to get you deeper and deeper in debt. And no, I'm not going full Dave Ramsey on you, but I do absolutely support Dave Ramsey and everything he says about getting out of personal debt. Now, I know there's some people out there that say, look, you know, I use my credit card, I pay it off, I get the miles, we do this, we do that, we go to trips. Got it. Sure, understand. Personally, I'm not a credit card guy. I've never had a personal credit card in my entire life. Uh, when I was in the in the military for travel, we had this like government credit card that we use. So I can't say I've never had a credit card, but I've never had a personal credit card in my entire life. And I'm just, you know, it's just not something I'm I'm interested in using, right? I, I'm I've got uh, I've got a car loan, I've got a mortgage, right, on those specific items. But in terms of using a credit card, I've never I've never wanted to live that way. I wanted to make money, spend the money that I've got, live within my means. Call that frugal, call it traditional. I don't know what you want to call it, but that's just how I've always been, right? But listen to this, and this is the story out of San Francisco Gate. This is the new debt, the new way to get the next generation of debt. And of course, JP Morgan is pushing it. So here it is. Do a quick scan of TikTok and you'll find trendy young people casually blowing hundreds or thousands of dollars on clothes and jewelry, often set to the clattering bass-boosted din of Florida rappy, rapper Saucy Santana's fittingly titled Material Girl. Plenty of these influencers fl get the goods they flaunt for free. But if you don't have the followers the upfront cash to blow, TikTokers have a tip. Just use Buy Now Pay Later services, the hottest new way to take on debt. And you may have seen some of these names. Klarna, Sezzle, QuadPay, Afterpay, Affirm. They're popping up when you shop online. They present an easier, more seamless alternative to having to type out your credit card information again and again. So it's a new version of a credit card that goes right through the app. And all you can do is just right there, your point of sale becomes immediate for these items. Buy now, pay later. They're known as point of sale loans. So you can get your haul for the latest fit when you go and use your point of sale. Buy now, pay later. But what is this? What is this really? And when I went on Spillover with Alex Clark, I talked about this. And I said, outfits and clothing, Rent the want Runway, is a specific example of this. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. They don't want you owning things. This is the World Economic Forum. This is Davos. They've got their meeting coming up in May. It was delayed, but they're all going up there to Switzerland again to talk about everything they're going to do to put you in debt and put the next generation in debt. They want millennials. They want Gen Z. They want you in debt. But you got to get the latest outfit. You got to get the latest haul. Now you can get in debt just by going on TikTok. Of course, they're doing it on Instagram too. You go right through buy now, pay later. Buy now, pay later. Isn't that amazing? But you notice you never own. They don't want you to own. They want you to owe because they want you to be renters, they want you to be debt slaves, and they want you stuck in debt and in this cycle of debt for the rest of your life based on a consumer materialist culture. And that's all the time we have today, Human Events Daily. Remember, I promise our oath, our solemn bow to you, be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework for us, share this out with one, just one, guys, just one of your normie friends. Call them up, hey normie friend, check this out. What's going on with Elon Musk? 
What's the news? What's the latest? And then leave us your five-star review, Apple, Spotify, everywhere else. What did we talk about today? Elon Musk securing $7 billion in equity for Twitter, blasting media matters, and calling out everyone's favorite Hungarian billionaire. Second, Secretary Mayorkas testifying amid criticism of the disinformation board. Third, Pope Francis says NATO may have started the war in Ukraine by barking at Putin's door. And finally, buy now, pay later, sending the TikTok generation spiraling into debt. That's where they want you. But before we go, it's time for today's history break. So today is Cinco de Mayo. But what's Cinco de Mayo all about? It's a celebration of the defeat of the French Empire's invasion of Mexico in the 1860s, taking advantage of the U.S. Civil War. Napoleon III, Spain, and the U.K. wanted to institute regime change in Mexico to a pro-French, pro-European government. After the Civil War ended, the U.S. aided Mexico with weapons and thousands of volunteer soldiers. Cinco de Mayo is the date of the Battle of Puebla. Mexico won the battle. But France would go on to occupy nearly the entire country, installing Maximilian von Habsburg as the emperor of Mexico. However, due to widespread guerrilla warfare, Napoleon III withdrew by 1867, and Maximilian was later executed. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.